This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Now Hear This Canby Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clausen, and this is what's happening this week in our community. The recent removal of three dozen books from the shelves of Canby's public school libraries brought students, parents, former teachers, and community members to the Canby School Board meeting this week, with the vast majority speaking out against the district's actions. For more than 30 minutes, residents voiced their opposition to, or in one case, support of, the district's removal of more than 35 books last month, pending a review process in the summer based on the request of two parents. Two angry parents, Canby senior Zachary Woodruff said, 0.01% of the Canby population. That's all it took to remove over 30 books from our library. Without following any form of due process, the books were silently removed from the shelves. We have become that school, the school that the media headlines. Around 50 students participated in the demonstration at Canby High School in March, carrying signs such as educate, not indoctrinate, and I have the right to read. And the book's removal has been widely covered in regional and statewide media. The parents' reasons varied for each title, but they included sexual content, violence, profanity, drinking and drug use, promiscuity, and nudity. I understand that some parents may not want their children reading certain books, but that doesn't give them the right to dictate what other people's children can read, Woodruff said. And if there are concerns about appropriateness, we should have a transparent process for evaluating those concerns, not a unilateral, unmonitored ban. Many of the titles frequently appear on lists of the most banned books in school libraries across the country. Most of them are about or written by Black, Latino, LGBTQ, or similarly underrepresented authors. All but six of the authors on the list are women. In almost every case, the two parents noted that 
They had not fully read the materials they were asking to be reconsidered, saying they had reviewed only portions of them or relied on online reviews. One of the parents who submitted the request for reconsideration, Nicole Cole, also spoke Monday night and defended her actions. I did what I thought was right, and I still think it was right, Cole said. Some of these books, as I got into them, have really explicit sex, a lot of it. It is not about anyone's race. It is not about anyone's gender. It's not about anyone being transgender. It's not about LGBTQ+. I didn't look at any of those things. I really looked at the content of the book and thought not every 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17-year-old can handle this content. It is big stuff. It is intense stuff. Look at the books, please. Several commentators expressed concerns about the fact that so many of the targeted works involved minority voices and diverse perspectives. Simply presenting a list of books that would be taken off the shelf, including books about Mexican-American families, was not appropriate, said Yolanda Sanchez. It is not appropriate to do this process to remove books that may be directed at our ethnic communities. Please do not put Canby in the crosshairs of a political agenda. Please involve all concerned. Our children are not political pawns. I'm aware that elections are coming soon. Please do not use our children to get reelected. Former Canby teacher and district parent Brianna Snodgrass made her point by way of a sports analogy. Let's say I think football is physically dangerous to my kid and therefore I don't allow them to play for fear of risk of injury, she said. Do I go and push the school board and school district to take away funding from our high school football program because I don't want my kid playing? No, I simply don't allow my kid to sign up for football because that's my choice. Therefore, if you are concerned about your child checking out a book that you do not want them to read, please contact the school library and have your child blocked from checking out that book. That is your right as their parent. District parent Christy Smith said she has been reading through the list of titles and on Monday night discussed Beyond Magenta, a nonfiction book recounting the experiences of six transgender or gender neutral young adults. How is this unchallengeable, Smith asked. Just because you don't understand something or you don't like it doesn't mean it's obscene or inappropriate. Seeing oneself reflected in books makes a huge difference to all of us. And in the case of transgender youths, the difference can literally be life and death. The Canby student body is composed of all different types of people. Trans youth live here and are not going anywhere. A morning prayer, fellowship, and song will be on the menu again at Cutsforth Market as the local Canby Christian faith community gathers for the 18th annual prayer breakfast next month. The breakfast begins at 7 a.m. Thursday, May 4th at Cutsforth's Old Town Hall meeting space. This year's theme comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Pray Without Ceasing. The event will feature a keynote address by Canby School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Downs, who will discuss prayer points for the youth and Canby schools. Ray Keane from the Canby Center will serve as MC for the event. 
The main focus for the breakfast will be on praying for the youth, students, teachers, and Canby schools. Many Canby churches will join to pray for community leaders, including Mayor Brian Hodson, city and public officials, Canby police and firefighters, and the nation's military service members. Following the formal breakfast dismissal at around 8.15 a.m., there will be a short time of worship with special music by Darlene Kanegi and friends. Tickets are required for the fully catered breakfast, which will cost $7 per person. Donations will be accepted at the event with proceeds benefiting the Canby Center. The National Day of Prayer is ensconced in federal law, requiring the president to proclaim a National Day of Prayer each year on the first Thursday in May and has been observed since 1952. As citizens and residents of the United States and as believers in Christ Jesus, we not only have a spiritual responsibility to pray, but a civic duty as well to heed our president's call to stand in the gap for our nation. Longtime organizer Peter Durkee said in an email. For more information or to reserve your seat at the event, visit bit.ly backslash canbyprayer2013 or email durkey at prayerguide at 123mail.org. An estimated 300 cyclists are expected to take part in a very special century ride, 50 years in the making, starting in Canby this summer. As organizer Doug Myers explained, century rides are so named for the distance, 100 miles, and not for the amount of time it takes to ride one, although it would take me just that amount of time. A Canby-based century ride, dubbed the Pioneer Century, has been a tradition of the Portland Bicycling Club since 1973. The club formed in 1971 as the Portland Wheelman Touring Club and hosted its first 100-mile ride the following year. But that one did not start or end in Canby. That one was just on Savi Island, Myers said with a chuckle. And I think they went around Savi Island like 12 times. They decided it was pretty boring. The club headed down south for the following year, and finding the scenic byways, views of Mount Hood, and pastoral farmland surrounding the garden spot to be much more to their liking, a new tradition was born. The heritage event was continued pretty much every year since then, and the one notable exception being, well, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. So it hasn't quite been 50 rides, but it has been 50 years, Myers said. The ride is open to anyone, club and non-club members alike, and offers a couple of lighter options for those not ready to commit to a full day in the saddle. The Pioneer Metric, which covers 100 kilometers or 63 miles, is a good middle option, as is the Half Metric, which is a relatively flat 33-mile loop. All three courses are well marked and include rest stops stocked with water, sports drinks, and nutritious cycling foods. As many as 500 have joined the club's Century Pioneer events in the past, Myers said. A lot of it depends on the weather, Myers admitted. If it's going to be pouring down raining, nobody really wants to go for that. The Pioneer Century's original starting and ending point was at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds, but the event was moved to Columbia Distributing due to the emergence of the Oregon Renaissance Fair, which has been staged at the first two weekends of June. 
Columbia was kind enough to donate water and sports drinks to the event last year. While the event's home base has been in Canby for five decades, its routes traditionally weave through other communities, including Mount Angel and Jervis. And the event is a ride, Myers stressed, not a race. It's just recreational, he said. It seems like there's always some who try to see how fast they can do it each year, which I think is a waste of a lot of beautiful scenery along the way. For more information or to register, visit portlandbicyclingclub.com slash pioneer. On March 29, 2023, a small group of Vietnam War veterans and friends gathered at the Vietnam-era Veterans Memorial in Canby to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Welcome Home Vietnam Veterans Day. The solemn ceremony was a poignant reminder of the challenges and sacrifices made by these veterans in service to their community. Among the veterans were Steve Fisher, Larry Litterall, Rick Gano, Pat Schauer, and Mike Zagaba. Each of them shared their personal experiences of serving in Vietnam, which included stories of bravery, loss, and sacrifice. The veterans stood in silence at the memorial paying tribute to those who never made it home, before taking pictures to commemorate the moment. Afterward, they walked next door to Burgerville, where staff had reserved and decorated several tables in their honor to enjoy a meal share stories, and reminisce about their time in Vietnam. After much cajoling, Army veteran Pat Schauer finally agreed to tell about the night he investigated a suspicious noise outside the perimeter of the base, only to find himself face-to-face -face with a thousand-pound water buffalo. He used some of the post's explosive mortars to scare the beast off, which worked, but his supervisors did not find it amusing. They didn't laugh, he said with a chuckle. You weren't supposed to do that without permission. They tried to kick me out, but couldn't get rid of me. I was no longer their favorite boy, though. Rick Gano, an Air Force military policeman who guarded bases in Vietnam from 1966 to 1968, had his own run-ins with local wildlife. I was on duty one night and felt something on my left, he recalled. I glanced over and it was the biggest rat I'd ever seen. They've got rats the size of cats over there. I drop kicked that son of a gun so hard, I'd never kicked anything so hard in my life. The vets also shared more poignant stories and memories. Larry Literal, who served as a medic on an armored personal carrier in Vietnam in 1969 to 1970, recalled his fallen friend Calvin William, Bill Kolb of Hubbard, whom he credits with saving his life. On March 14, 1970, their troop was on patrol in South Vietnam. Litterell was walking with Kolb and another soldier when Kolb noticed that they were bunched too close together and ordered them to keep their distance. We were supposed to have 15 feet between us, so he told us to stop and back up, he remembered. Turned around and took two steps and stepped on a mine. If he hadn't stopped us, it would have gotten all three of us. Kolb was laid to rest at Willamette National Cemetery in Portland. Larry makes sure the site and headstones stay well tended and visits often. On Veterans Day, I take a can of Pap's Blue Ribbon up there, 
poured a little on his headstone and just sit and talk for a while, he shared. Asked what sorts of things he talks about, his answer was simple. It's mainly just, thanks for saving my life. Several of the veterans also spoke of the pain and trauma of returning from Vietnam, only to be met with an ungrateful and even hostile American populace, deeply divided over the unpopular war. Letterall recalled how fellow GIs warned him to change out of his army khakis before getting off the plane in Oakland, California because of the way returning soldiers were being abused by protesters at the airport. But he was having none of that. I said, no way, I'm wearing them, he remembered. And nobody said a word to me. I just gave them a look, and I think that shut them up. Irene Breeshears of the VFW Post 6057 Auxiliary helped organize the 50th anniversary event. She said it's important to remember the Vietnam-era generation, not only their wartime service, but also the way that they served their fellow veterans and communities in the decades they followed. They all gave back in their own way, quiet ways, but in significant ways, Beersher said. They're unsung heroes. Hey, Frankie, how's that new internet deal you just signed up for working out? Uh, not great, actually. Oh, sorry to hear that. How so? Well, my bill ended up being way more than I thought it would. I actually have this statement here. Uh, apparently, I had to pay more for high data usage? Oh, yeah. Some providers will get you for that. Sometimes they have data caps, and they can slow down your speeds and charge you extra for going over. So I'm being punished for using my connection? That doesn't seem right. I'm with you there. What else does your bill say? A lot. I had to pay extra for faster upload speeds to get Wi-Fi equipment, and there's also this infrastructure fee? I looked that up and it turns out it's a fee so they can build out their network, mostly in other cities and states. I hate to say it, Frankie, but it sounds like you might have only taken into account the flashy sale price and not all the fine print charges. You may be right. You should switch your internet to Direct Link, Cambie's local cooperative provider. They don't have any hidden fees and don't nickel and dime you for using your connection. Plus, Wi-Fi is included in your internet subscription. That sounds great. I could really use a new router and these data overage fees are gonna add up really fast. It couldn't be easier. Just give them a call and ask about Omni. It's their all-in-one internet service that includes Wi-Fi, enhanced security, great parental controls, and easy-to-use network management apps. And there's really no hidden fees? They won't charge me for streaming and gaming a lot? Nope. You get fast download and upload speeds, unlimited data use, reliable and secure Wi-Fi, and local service included with any direct link fiber connection. Give them a call today at 503-266-8111 or visit www.directlink.coop. All right. Well, my guest today needs no introduction. Local <laughs> celebrity, professional didgeridoo player. Um, Hardly. 
Uh, Deidre Thompson, um, welcome, Deidre. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So you're saying you haven't been on a podcast or been interviewed never, before? Never. Yeah. Um, a little feeling a little nervous. Fledgling when I was in high school <laughs> as a news reporter. Oh, cool. And I interned at the Canton Repository for a while under Beth Sheboy, who yeah. used to be the sports editor. Awesome. Um, and she was one of the first female sports editors yeah. for a major newspaper. Yeah. Wow. So that's to me, really that was, cool. Yeah, it was really. I was impressed. Yeah. You know. Where. You, uh, you didn't stick with that, or no? Yeah, no. Once I got into college, I tried Kent State University right after high yeah. school, and uh, took a one journalism course, and they had me starting with the old pyramid style, which yes, the inverted for, pyramid. Yes, the yes. inverted pyramid. So that's for listeners who don't know. Turn a pyramid upside down. That means the most important information you put up first, right. and then you sort of gradually dig down. Right, and, and I already. When they used the way that they used to do newspapers, is they would literally cut the stories if they were too long, and so that's why they uh, train journalists to write that way. In the days long before the internet, where and I had been reporting for two, almost two years, Mm -hmm. um, and had already been published in several newspapers. Cool. With uh, no money, I never got paid. Yeah. The the byline was the most important thing. Right. Yeah. And one newspaper was a small town paper similar to Camby's. It was called the Ellet Weekly Pride. Okay. And what even impressed me more is they took a photo of me as a junior in high school, (laughs) and every story by Deidre Thompson with that silly little photo of just a headshot. And that, that, you know, when you're in high school, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my mom cut all those out and put them in a little book or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, I've lost all of them. I, yeah. I had that notebook for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I think I just tossed it one day. Oh, too bad. That would have been but, great to see that. Yeah, the college journalism course just completely mm. bored me yeah. stiff. And I <laughs> was young and stupid and couldn't see, just get through this class and, and move on to the next one. Yeah. And I, I just... Uh, quit Kent State. Um, I was doing full-time, carrying 18 credit hours, Mm. working full-time, paying all my own bills, and it just got to be stress city. Yeah. So I left left that and went went just straight to my job. Yeah, yeah. Um, So high school and and college, Deidre, uh, dreaming initially of being a Barbara Walters or being a writer. Uh, Little little, little did you know that your fame would come uh, when this thing, (laughs) Facebook, came around. So uh, many people do know you from uh, posts in groups like Can Be Now and other local groups. Um, how did that kind of start? I imagine you didn't sort of set out to no, create um, any kind of a following. You know, and I, and I was thinking about that when you asked, uh, you know, yeah. for this interview, and I thought, when did that start? I was a very late comer to getting a smartphone. I never, okay. never had a home computer. <laughs> really? Um, never saw the need for it. Yeah. And I, I honestly didn't think I could afford the internet. Yeah. You, you know, to have that all that interior sure, apartment. Sure. Sure. And the initial cost for a setup like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I missed out on all of that. That that all came about in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And, and I was busy working yeah. full time, if not more. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at 60, sometimes 80, 90 hours a week. Yeah. At any job that I could get. Right. Um, so when I finally got my first smartphone, which was a, a Moto Q, yeah, uh-huh. I, I really didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I, I really thought that... Um, the internet was more like an encyclopedia, mm-hmm. which I grew up with the encyclopedias. Right. We had Britannica before I was born. Right. My dad went out and bought those for me, right. even though I was not it's, born yet. It is like an encyclopedia that can be really mean to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, the, and the encyclopedia was mean and toxic. That's little what the did end- I know what was actually on this <laughs> internet thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I really Googled everything. Sure. Anything that pops into my mind. Yeah. Um, one of the big phrases when I was growing up, my dad was military coast guard. Mm. Not home that often, but okay. home more than a lot of military dads. Sure. Um, he had some recruiting duty for a couple years here or there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he'd be off to sea again with his next transfer. Yeah. So it could be months before he was home. Yeah. And uh, neither of my parents went to college. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they weren't smart people. They yeah. were. They were. They were certainly capable of, of pursuing higher education. And my yeah. father did years later when he retired from the Coast Guard. Yeah. But uh, one of the big phrases when my dad bought the 1971 World Book Encyclopedia, mm. and we would ask my sister or I a, a question of yeah. any kind, yeah. and my dad would say, look it up in the book. Yeah. Well, that meant the encyclopedias. We all knew that what that was. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> and it got to be a catchphrase in our house, and yeah. it was almost humorous after yeah. all these years. Yeah. But I find myself doing that all my life. I have a question. I can't find the answer. I'll go to the library to look it up in the book, mm-hmm. and now I use the internet. Yeah, it's a book yeah. to me. Yeah, and, and awesome. you have to be off, obviously judicial and and smart enough to know right. uh, good good resources. Right, you know. Yeah, but sometimes I'll read the bad resources, and I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> There's it, it can be fun sometimes. It it can be. <laughs> so I don't remember who told me, but I think it was someone at work that said something about, oh, there's a can be group yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. And I was late to joining Facebook yeah. even after I got my, my first right, phone. Right, Because um, that scared me. I was like, I don't but want it's a, a book. lot of people. It's I a book, you. right? <laughs> I had no we'll idea what it book. was. <laughs> I, I thought it was a bunch of crazy people. Well, you were right. But I was right. Yeah. But there's a lot of good yeah. on on the internet. Yeah. It can be used to uplift people, educate them. Well, I feel like that's what you do. Isn't that what you strive to do that, with a lot of your posts? That is what I strive. You, you, I mean, there, you make are people laugh and... there are sometimes that I get in there and get a little, sure. little edgy and like some folks. Yeah. But for the most part, um, before I post, I do sit and think... What about this person? Mm. What what do they need to hear right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, what would I want to hear? Yeah. Um, I grew up moving around all the time, mm-hmm. every two years of my life. Yeah. It never bothered me, except at schools. Mm. Um, there was only two times that I was, like everyone else, the new kid at school. Yeah. But most of the time, the school had already started, yeah. and here I am entering the classroom for the first time, and you get that weird introduction. It's really hard, yeah. And they've already made their friends and their cliques. Yeah. And um, I was a geek. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was not uh, particularly a, a, a stunning-looking child to begin <laughs> with. I, I was four eyes always. I was mm. super skinny. Yeah. Uh, people always ask me if I was starving to death. Yeah. That's just the way I grew up, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I just never quite fit in. Hmm. I, I was a bookworm. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was tough back in the 60s and yeah. the 70s. Yeah. For me, it was. Yeah. Um, and I put on this facade. It doesn't bother me. Hmm. Big deal. Yeah. You know, I won't be here two years from now, so right. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, and and part of that process was, I was right in yeah. that we won't be here two years from now. So, right. So why bother with right. with worrying about how these people think about Very you? Very isolating, though. 
it, yeah. it was yeah i mean there's self there was really good and yeah. really bad <laughs> yeah. you know <clears throat> yeah um so now i i see people as they age mm. 30s 40s you know 50s 60s yeah and i think a lot of them are still isolated yeah. from the cliques that are mm-hmm. in the community yeah. and and there certainly are cliques yeah you know i'm not a stay-at-home mom i'm not a can-be parent of, of someone in the schools yeah um you know people will ask me in the community why, why didn't you never have children i didn't want children yeah i never did yeah um i didn't want to buy a home mm-hmm. i never wanted a home yeah um i i like renting mm-hmm. you know and there are people like me. Yeah. It's just it's it's hard to connect. Yeah. And and I think it's important to say even on Camby Now, we're all here and we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um and we awesome. all need we all need you know a little bit of a a, a soft hug. Yeah. Electronically if, yeah. if that's what it takes, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um I wrote years a couple years ago about some abuse that mm-hmm. I had as a child, six yeah. years of sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine talking about that. But, uh, and I, I think I'm fine talking about that because I did get myself some therapy. I yeah. got some help. Good. Um, Good. <clears throat> had a rough go for a long time. Yeah. Long time. Uh, severe depression. Yeah. And uh, suicidal ideations. Yeah. And uh, never technically went through with it. Had a couple close calls. Mm. But uh, I think it's important for people to know that Deidre isn't perfect. Yeah, Deidre's been there. Yeah, and, and I, d- I do. Kn- I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm yeah. not educated on it. Yeah. Um, I've read a ton of books. Mm. Went to my therapy. Yeah. Um, I did some outreach when I lived in the Hillsboro Beaverton area mm-hmm. with another group that no longer exists. But uh, the one thing I remember about me posting. Um, and I thought that's kind of risky. Yeah. Very risky to put myself out there because I've now, always lived alone. Did you, you post know? about that in Canby Now? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> the post. I just didn't remember where. So yeah. And I I I hesitated for a long time pushing the post button mm-hmm. after I'd written it. Mm-hmm. But I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to do it. Yeah. What's What's the worst that can happen? Somebody's right. going to say whatever. Right. You know, yeah. Right. And I'm just going to go whatever. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. A week after very, I had, very courageous to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was courageous. I at, think it at was. the time I thought it was a bit foolish. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That um, why would would a couple of people wanted to know why why would I share something like that because and I said because you don't know who your neighbors are. Right. You think you know. Right. You don't know what's going on in that house. Right. Everybody looks the same. Everybody drives nice cars. Well, and particularly on social media, right? I mean, we always try to only put good stuff, you know, about exactly. us. About us, right? Exactly. You, you try to make yourself look a certain way. Correct. Um, but you, you very rarely, you know, will show the darker, the vulnerable, darker sides of your the, own the life. bad things that have happened to you. Yeah. Um, and and I was trying to show, <clears throat> hey, I've been through the fire. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be like that forever. Yeah. And there's some 13 or 14, maybe nine-year-old mm-hmm. reading Can Be Now. And they're thinking, well, look at that. Yeah. Maybe I can I'm look her alone. up. I'm not right. alone. Yeah. yeah. And if I had had that when I was a kid, yeah. when nobody talked about sexual abuse, when there were no books, mm. I 
They could have changed my whole outlook. Yeah. Maybe not my circumstances, but my outlook. Yeah. My potential. Wow. Of, and I'm not talking about potential in the workplace, yeah, potential yeah. in the world, the yeah, self-esteem. Just, yeah. What yeah. What am I worth? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, I was at the grocery store a week later uh-huh. after I'd written that. And a woman much, much older than myself, yeah. possibly 80 yeah. and above, tapped me on the shoulder at Fred Meyer. And she said, are you Deidre? And I said, yes. Honey, I just want to give you a hug uh-huh. because the same thing happened to me mm-hmm. and I never told anyone. Wow. That's incredible. And that's all we did. Yeah. We just, I have no idea who, what her name was. <laughs> I didn't ask. It wasn't, yeah. It's not important yeah. to me. Yeah. What is important is that one person. Yeah. That yeah. one person. That's incredible. Well, that's one thing as well about a lot of your content that you post. Um uh, usually w- would often include a photo or a selfie. Right. Um, I, I, like me, I post stuff everywhere. A lot of people know my name, but may not necessarily know what I look like. Right. Uh, everyone knows what Deidre <laughs> looks like. Yeah, it's the white hair, I think. <laughs> yeah. Premature gray. Yeah. Which uh, runs in the family. It's really? genetic. Yeah. It's genetic. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I had my first gray hair when I was 12. Oh, and gosh. my mother found it while she was putting pin what curls What was your in. original hair color? It's dark brown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, was born a blonde. Yeah, born like, you know, a, a, a are beautiful you in your little white to Steve blonde. Martin or no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is funny because now I tend to look at men with white hair and I think, oh, he's really hot. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Uh, well, speak of, you know what? That's a good segue into one of your more uh, famous uh, uh, <laughs> series that, yeah. of posts about, of course, your love for men in uniform. That that came around. Um, I was with a girlfriend up at Fred Meyer, and the, the fire truck was parked up there. Okay. And um, they were inside getting groceries, and we hadn't gone in yet. Yeah. But I said, oh, man, I love fire trucks. Yeah. Never been close to one. When I was a kid, I missed all those. Oh, sure. Those. Uh, uh, visits. And, yeah, yeah, the yeah. visits and yeah. the field trips field and trips. stuff. Because yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, we were probably moving. Yeah, whatever. I remember paperwork being filled out for one. But then I remember we missed it because we had been transferred. Yeah. So no big deal. Yeah. But I, I just had never been close to a fire truck. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Let's get a photo. And so I, I did something stupid, you know, yeah. with my hands out wide and, hey, I'm here. Yeah. And so I, I got home and I thought, oh, that's a great photo. Not yeah. of me, but of the fire truck. And the, the sky was really blue behind it. It was a great photo. And so I posted it and I said, uh, something about just my luck. Uh, here's the Canby firemen. Or, Here I am in the parking lot right. and, and the firemen are nowhere, nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that caused some kind of weird, humorous stir. Yeah. And... Uh, for years, I've been working in Canby since 1999, and I didn't move here until 2010. But for years, I would see um, a couple different motorcycle cops in mm-hmm. Canby. Yeah. And uh, one day after I had moved here, I saw him on the side of the road with somebody pulled over, and he mm-hmm. had his helmet off, and he was writing a ticket. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of slowed down. and went, whoa, he's, he's kind of hot. <laughs> A, a nor- I think it's a normal human reaction. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good looking cop. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure, you pull me over, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I posted that, uh-huh. you know, uh, about seeing a good looking cop. And, yeah. And he nodded to me when whatever. You yeah. Know. Yeah. But nothing else. 
Yeah. And some people were mad. But it's mad become about this it. great, like, ongoing yeah, some people thing were of your upset. crushes. Some people were, were upset about that. And I said, look, I'm I'm completely harmless. Yes. I don't even date. So <laughs> it's not like I'm I'm out there, you know, as some kind of candy cougar. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm completely harmless. Yeah, yeah, we got plenty I of I just like to have. There's no harm, in my opinion, of telling someone that they're they're good looking. Yeah, you yeah. know, don't we all strive to make sure we're sure. somewhat decent looking when we go outside for yeah. whatever reasons? Yeah, you know, whether it be personal pride or maybe you are looking for somebody. Yeah, you want to put your best foot forward. Yeah, and there's no harm in saying nice tie, nice suit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know, great haircut. Yeah, I I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. And I know society is changing. We're now you might take offense to that and i wouldn't yeah you know yeah. i've had people tell me my hair looks great well, yeah thanks you know i, 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 I work I hard hair. on my yeah. hair <laughs> yeah looks awesome um well and also the other thing is like um you know just the idea of consent and if correct and, and the can be police and can be fire love you and and if you've had some uh, times where they've come and visited your house and, yeah i mean they, um, they're they, they they love this I, interaction, and I, I can't explain that. I really can't. I, it just blows well, just, me. It blew me away. They're very community. When I had focused. my shoulder surgery, yeah, um, I broke my shoulder at work. Yeah, and uh, I fell really bad. And I I just posted something humorous. Hey, can be. I'm doing fine. My surgery is you know Friday or whatever day it was. Yeah. and I said. Uh, uh, maybe can't be fire. I was going to say, can, didn't you can say? Drop by. Yeah, I said maybe can't be yeah. fire can drop by and yeah. check on me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you you set the set the bait. <laughs> I I I didn't mean to say it wasn't setting bait. I yeah. was just trying to. Yeah. I try to close up as any journalist does yeah. with a tagline. Yeah, you, you know, kind of like an Irma Bombeck. Yes. she always had a tagline mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. some kind of lesson. Uh, something humorous. And the moral of the story. <laughs> right, right. Wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so I, I closed out with that silly tagline. Yeah. Maybe they could drop by. And lo and behold, they did oh, drop like, by. Oh, like immediately, had, like swung into action, right? I had like, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they brought you flowers? They I, brought me I, uh, flowers in a bedpan with an orange, a can of chicken noodle soup, a card signed mm. by several of them. Yeah. And it was the sweetest thing yeah. ever. I yeah. held on to that bedpan for quite some time. <laughs> you never know. You never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they can be hard to find, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te- I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome.
Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. You've and been- then I, I was, uh, I think it was not long, not long after that, that uh, Chaplain Bill Roberts hmm. uh, of Canby Fire, he uh, messaged me, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't relay the message, but it was, it was quite touching to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I was, I was a little taken aback because I didn't think I've, I don't th- ever think of myself as some kind of rock star hmm. yeah. of Canby. Um, I've always said. I'm just a, a person. Right. I have a lot of faults. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I try not to show too much of that, you know, yeah. on, on Canby now, obviously. Yeah. My coworkers will tell you I'm, I'm a little hot-tempered. <laughs> I'm a little passionate. Maybe we should get them in here for an interview after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little passionate. Yeah. But I do have a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and I calm down quickly. Yeah. yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not a big deal. But Bill Roberts asked me if I would be interested in having a tour at mm-hmm. the firehouse mm-hmm. and so this was I, around the time of your surgery or? yeah 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 so i said sure you yeah. know i'd never been to a firehouse so yeah. it was it was pretty exciting yeah finally got to relive your I childhood did, i did i got to try experience. on the, the fire coat and um get to sit oh, in the man. fire engine content for months out of that we sat in the ambulance <laughs> which i've been in an ambulance before when right. i hurt my hand at work right um, yeah the first time i'd ever met canby fire uh seriously was in 2012 mm. Um, when I, uh, or 2009, excuse yeah. me, I was still living. Yeah, I can't remember what year. Yeah. Anyway, it was many years ago. Yeah. And uh, I got my hand caught in a belt at work and, uh, it was pretty severe. Yeah. And, uh, I had to be transported by Canby Fire. Yeah. And that was my first ever dealings with firemen, yeah. you know, and rescuers. Yeah. And, um, they were all about business, of course. Yeah. And very professional. Yeah. Very understanding. They're extremely good medics that we absolutely. have in Canby. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't have asked for better yeah. for my first experience. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've I've lived in other cities where I hear horror stories. Yeah. Um I was very grateful to to Canby Fire yeah. and paramedics for their, their care and concern. Yeah. You know. I, I we've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if you even sort of think about it like this or conceptualize uh, it like this in any way but but do you do you feel like you um have and it wasn't something you saw but do you feel like it's uh you have a role uh, that's kind of in the community of some kind that's kind of been foisted upon you i think i do have a role (laughs) in that um i don't because of my job yeah um at the battery plant yeah where during the busy season, we're often working six and seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the overtime, as I'm a senior yeah. person there. After You're on the lines? 24 right? years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm, I label batteries. Yeah, you you probably don't encounter uh, getting your hand caught in the belt if you're back in an office or something. No, no, I'm on the line. <laughs> that happens on the lines. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, the office people maybe yeah. a paper cut. like, But I get paper cuts too, labeling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... I I'm I'm not able. I mean, I've thought about getting on the library board or getting on the fire board yeah. or, or helping with the police. Sure. I would love to have the kind of time to do that. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like I shouldn't commit myself if I can't give, you know, at least fifty percent. Yeah. 
to, to an extracurricular activity, and I can't be guaranteed ever of having a Saturday off or mm-hmm. a Sunday off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you what, when you when you hit 55, when you get home at 4 o'clock after um, the day, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a couple health issues that I don't go into, but I'm, yeah. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, because your days start. Yeah, we, we hit the line at 7.30. Yeah, sure. So... Um, and I'm the kind of person I, I wake up even earlier than that, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get going for my day. It yeah. takes me a couple cups of coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you do what you can. So I, I try to do what I can to yeah. get the word out. Yeah. Um, and I, I never get into the politics of it. Yeah. You know, I support the police. Yeah. I support the fire department. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I feel like you often uh, post around, you know, positive things in the community around events. I know yes. you've been very in- involved or not involved, but uh, supportive um, and and, and uh, uh, posted content around things like the Scarecrow uh, contest and things like right, that. Right. Like you really leaned into a lot of the, and that was that a lot was, of the things that make can be can be. Can be police yeah, um, asked right. me if I would just be willing to be a. a, a made up in an effigy and i had no idea what they were what they were thinking of they didn't check with me so this was you just reminded me, i had forgotten that, that specifically. was the halloween you, you were <laughs> uh you were part of canby police's scarecrow i think you might have been mentioned in like canby fires one right. the year before or something and then was it canby fire canby police that created effigy of Can you be being police rescued actually, yeah uh, right asked if, if i could uh, you're be being an rescued effigy. or you had your arms around yeah they, they made a dummy of me uh, uh being held by the canby policeman <laughs> yes. and it said uh deidre finally gets her man yeah and and it won they of won they won the 200 dollar big first that prize been a that travesty year. Yeah, yeah and can't be please i'm still waiting for my tacos from that <laughs> promised if me tacos and they Trump. never got me my tacos yeah yes but i didn't worry about it but I, eventually someone stole that scare- scarecrow uh that's away right. from the police that's right and they they charted it pu- trucked it across the street and put it in the fireman's arms right. and then somebody that. took photos <laughs> and then the next morning it was back in the police yes. so i yeah, I had to laugh about that. I had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. Yeah, where were you on I that I had night no now? idea that any of that was happening. Yeah. And then uh, last year, the my battery plant office at Clarios, they mm. did ask if they could use me as an effigy again. And right. I said, yes, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and there was no agent. there was no pressure there, you know, yeah. from my employer. I was like, eh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And I had no idea what they were going to do either. So mm-hmm. it was an effigy of me sitting on a throne of batteries, <laughs> which, you know, okay, that's funny. Yeah. 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 And I, I, it embarrassed me a little bit, you know, because my coworkers would drive by and go, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are they paying you for that? Right. Nothing, Nothing. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I wish. Yeah. 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 No. It's all in fun. Um, mm. This community has a lot to offer. Yeah. I really do feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've lived all over the United States, mm-hmm. and um, I I feel at home in Canby. It, it's very strange to me yeah. how that happened. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure how it happened mm-hmm. because for years and years, most of my life, I've kept to myself. Yeah, no one. I have no family in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, the friends I've made are people that have already lived here. Yeah, so. Rarely am I shopping, you know, in Milwaukee and somebody calls out my name. Yeah. You know, it's no one, hardly ever. Yeah. So to go shopping now, mm-hmm. wherever I'm at, and somebody goes, that's Deidre. 
that's Deidre. Are you Deidre? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's just very strange to me yeah. because I don't know a lot of these people. I yeah. know their names, yeah. you know, and sometimes their sense of humor from yeah. from dealing with Camby now for a few years. Yeah. And um I think Camby now is um, a part of the community, mm-hmm. definitely. For sure. People calling out for help, you know, mm-hmm. what, what can, how can we help them? Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not rich. I mean, I'm a blue collar worker. Yeah. But I do what I can. Yeah. If it's 10 bucks, if it's 15 bucks, um, you know, the Canby Center is another great organization mm-hmm. yeah. that I support. Yeah, they're um, awesome. There have been some years that I cannot give mm-hmm. anonymously usually. Yeah. Um, because of whatever health issue I had at the time. Yeah. But most years, whenever I get a bonus at work or some unexpected windfall mm-hmm. from overtime or a Christmas bonus, yeah. which isn't much, yeah. um, I give it to the Camby Center and yeah. just tell my employer, send it over there. Mm-hmm. So all in all, this, this community is very lucky mm-hmm. to have what it has. Yeah. And I know everybody... Screaming about <clears throat> Taco Bell versus, you know, can we get an Olive Garden? <laughs> right. And and I think it's the town is going to grow. Yeah. It's going to grow whether yeah. you like it or not. Right. And every town has this issue. Um, and to prove that, I just uh, joined a silly little Facebook group for mm-hmm. Hartville, Ohio, which yeah. is where my mother and my sister live and where I, I did live yeah. and had graduated from high school. Oh. And um, now I'm seeing almost the same comments, you know, in Hartville that yeah. you see in Canby about the growth yeah. that's that's occurring. Changes, I think, change is hard. You know, it is. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. Um, I don't I, think it's growth. I think it's change. It's change. Yeah. Change. Yeah. And that's when I was a manager at McDonald's for many years. Mm. Um, one of the things they teach you in management class, the very first thing is, change is hard in any organization yeah. people don't like change yeah and to change something you've got to get people on your side mm-hmm. you know at least open talk about it yeah and allay the fears that come with the change yeah you know a lot of people moved here and they don't remember Canby before fred meyer yeah they can't i mean can you fathom I, when i first moved here we had the Fred Meyer, and it had not quite opened yet. Yeah. But when I first started working here, there was nothing over there. It was yeah. a landscape lot. Yeah. No, um, I, I, some kind of nursery, uh, as I recall. I, I, that was all there uh, before my wife grew up here. But before I came here, that was all there. Um, but, yeah, no, I've heard people like uh, Sequoia, Hazeldale was like yeah. a gravel road all these houses yeah. just right across from the post office was, weren't here yeah that was yeah. a dump right it was a <laughs> landfill yes it was a yes. giant landfill yeah wow um okay well we're, we're we're almost out of time here is there anything else that you kind of wanted to share i know uh you you uh, uh said you were kind of nervous or you've been thinking about this so i didn't know if there's anything no that you... I, I was just nervous i've never been interviewed before okay. so you did awesome yeah, yeah. So, um, i i just support what's going on in town yeah you know and i'm i'm not particularly political yeah i will point that out yeah um i'm not a registered voter so i'm sure a lot of people are upset about that (laughs) but i've always hesitated because when i moved to oregon Mm -hmm. i didn't register to vote because i wanted to understand how oregonians think yeah what their feelings were about where they're living 
you know, and it's quite different than other areas yeah. in the United States. Yeah, I, um, I and I did, re- I, yeah, I, I did vote yeah. and eventually register. And then uh, I think the last time I voted was for Ross Perot, okay. believe it or <laughs> not, because I didn't like all the other choices. And I thought, what the heck, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's how long it's been. Yeah. Um, and I still hesitate to... Yeah, that's a blast to, from the past. Yeah. Oh, Ross yeah, Perot. Yeah. yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. 19... I think 90s. that's when the Trailblazers were on their big win. Oh, <laughs> 70s? 92, something like that. No, 92. Well, I think they won 90. the championship in like the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that was, I was in okay. Ohio back okay. then. Okay. But yeah, in the 90s, they were a big deal. They yeah. had, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and when I moved to Canby, I didn't want to get in because I, I didn't know the community yeah. that well. So yeah. why would I vote on local things if I don't know what the community is about? Right. Um, and now I hesitate because I'm so close to retirement age. I'm like, <laughs> eh, well, I shouldn't probably be voting you on know, things that will affect the future of Canby if I'm not going to be in Canby. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't get to order for the table when right. you're about to leave the restaurant, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and I, you know, govern. And my dad always said government is participatory. And if mm. you don't participate, don't complain. Mm-hmm. I generally don't. Yeah. I, I try to point out, well, maybe this and maybe that. Yeah. You know, give you something to think about. But I, I, I rarely complain. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, uh, you know, you've, you've talked uh, kind of um, uh, quite a bit about, uh, you know, different interactions and, and things that you've had through your local fame do you feel like it's been overall a, a, a good thing a good impact on your life i do yeah it, it's actually changed me myself in yeah. many ways cool um now when i'm out in public i'm i'm actually kind of anticipating <laughs> some you know even Someone sometimes i'll hear it in the next aisle over or a whisper you know um people at thriftway now know me you know by name yeah and it it's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a big change for, yeah. for, for Deidre's life. Yeah. It's also a big change. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the love. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially and when it comes from a firefighter. it's hard for me no. because <laughs> I, it's harder for me because believe it or not, I, I consider myself to be an introvert. Yeah. I do some crazy wild things. Yeah. But I truly am just let me go home and read my books and, and stay inside yeah. kind of introvert. Yeah. Um, and when I am out and about, that's that's a rare sighting of mm. the, the Deidre. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people whisper, is that Deidre? Well, Deidre, um, I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. And thank you for everything that you thank do. You. Thank you for uh, bringing, um, you know, just onto social media in general. Um, can be now at times, uh, things that can be kind of a toxic and, and negative place. And thank you for really striving um, in, in a lot of ways and over the years to bring smiles to people's faces. I know that that, could, that can be hard. All I can say is I try. Yeah. I try. Yeah. If it doesn't work and falls flat, <laughs> so be it. So be you it. Know, but yeah. at least I try. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think you've succeeded. Thank you. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in the, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. 
And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, OddPod Senior Sports Analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh, boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned, full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though. (laughs)